Hi everyone, you're listening to Humanize Your Workplace with Alyssa Carpenter, where we chat about all things, well, human. On each of these bite-sized episodes, I'll give you something new to try to become more self-aware, help you build better work relationships, or just try to get you through a sticky work situation. It all starts with an open mind and a conversation. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Humanize Your Workplace. We're again joined by Ryan Follin. He is the author of Ditch the Act and the Personal Branding Expert. And I'm excited because this week we're going to touch on a different topic. We're going to talk a little bit about making eye eye contact with the camera. And it might sound a little silly on the surface, but we work in workforces where people are all over the place. And it's so important to build that connection with people, um, even though you're not in the physical space. So I really appreciate you coming in. Welcome back, Ryan. Thank you. Good to be here. (laughs) Can you tell us a little bit about what does that human connection look like in a virtual space? Why is that even more important than potentially people who work next to you? And we talked a little bit last time that you might not even know the person next to you if we're not communicating and engaging in storytelling. Yeah, well, I, I have a question for you. Do you have a cell phone? I do. Weird, isn't it? <laughs> do you ever use your cell phone? Surprisingly, I do. <laughs> what about a computer? Do you, do you, how many hours in front of a computer do you spend? Um, the entire day. <laughs> so essentially the, the answer to this question is, you know, why should we essentially learn how to have the communication skills to communicate digitally? The answer is that we live in a digital world yeah. and uh, there are boy and girl digital girls. I was trying to think like we're living in a <laughs> digital world. So you've got to communicate in a digital world. <laughs> in my brain, it was wanting to connect. But it's, here, here's the thing is that communication, when you look at it, if you break it down, I really believe that it's not so much what you're saying as a truly effective communicator. You are more concerned about what people are interpreting. Mm-hmm. And we, we forget about that. And if you really want to create a real connection with people, they need to see you, they need to hear you, they need to understand you. And video is an incredible tool to accomplish personal connection. And when I say video, it could be a Skype call. It could be a a video that you do on your camera. It could be an IG story. It could be IGTV. It could be all these things. And we talk about this uh, in our book, Ditch the Act, which I wrote with Leonard Kim. And a huge part of of being able to communicate your brand is doing so in a digital way. And that really is what stops people from, from essentially maximizing the connections that they can have. So at the end of the day, if you look at video in particular, it is, I mean, things are now video conference all over the place. Like it's, it's rare that I jump on a phone call. It's more common that I jump onto a Zoom. And if you don't have the skills, if you don't know what to do or what not to do that could limit you from your full potential of being an effective communicator. So uh, I'm happy to give some of the tips that we outline in the book and answer any questions around this, but I think that communication is the single thing that can level you up wherever you're at. You can be 95 years old <laughs> and 
communication can up your game. You can be, you know, at any spectrum in your career and improving your communication skills will improve your value as an employee. So I'm, I, I literally, we could talk for 15 hours on this straight, like a, like a marathon, but is there any particular pieces of insight that you find your audience is after, or that would be most valuable? Where do you want to start? Yeah, well, it's so interesting. So I work with clients all the time who have employees from all over the world. So and a lot of the times I suggest because they're nervous to get on the video, on video, right? So we're just mm -hmm. so used to being in our own spaces. And it's how do I concentrate? So I'm usually suggesting either a picture or a sticky note or something by the camera so they know to focus there so they're paying attention. But sometimes when we're on, whether it's a Skype call or Zoom, like there's so many distractions, right, in front of us. We could have a cell phone somewhere else. We have paperwork. How can someone focus on the conversation at hand? What are strategies to help people with more active listening when engaging in a virtual conversation? Well, the answer is is in your question, is, is active listening. And the biggest tool that you can use when it comes to becoming a better active listener is pausing. This is my, the topic of my fourth TEDx talk. And it's, it's fascinating because there was this worldwide linguistics study that was done to try to measure the space between when I finish talking and you start talking. And this was a worldwide study. And there's a full spectrum of of these times, right? And the, the longest times were those of the Dutch and Swedish. And the fastest times were those of, of the Chinese culture. And so in the middle, if you look at the bell curve, and really, if you get the statistics, the midpoint, the middle, where the average was, is 0.2 seconds. Wow. That is, to give some reference, um, uh, a honeybee flaps its wings 100 times in point three seconds a blink of an eye is approximately 0.3 seconds so the the average time globally taking all things into consideration the time between when i finish talking and you start is 0.2 seconds but here's what's really crazy is that science has shown that the amount of time it takes for somebody to retrieve words from their memory bring them up organize them in a way that makes sense and then actually start to speak them is between 0.4 and 0.6 seconds so what happens is that typically, scientifically, and statistically, we don't listen to the end of when somebody's speaking. We're looking for cues, trying to guess when they are going to finish, start to calculate what you're going to say in response to what you've heard, and then as soon as they're done, you pounce on it. It's true. It's funny. It, there's, there's so many people, you know, when you're thinking about having conversations, they answer the question they think you're going to ask before you even <laughs> ask, you know, like that's so frustrating. Yeah. And I like to think that there is not much we have control over in this world. And and you really have to, if you want to be successful, you have to understand that you don't control much of anything. You, It's really about how you react and then your attitude towards things. But that's a separate conversation. The one thing that I argue you have complete control over is the time you choose to take before you choose to speak. That's in your control. Mm -hmm. And so if you want to become a better active listener, learn to pause just a little bit more. They're free. They are everywhere. You have the ability to wait 
just a, we're talking fractions of a second more to not only give yourself a chance to think, but let the other person finish their train of thought. And if you start to be aware of this and you start to think of the conversations you have, I genuinely think people are excited about what they have to say. And they just like jump and talk over each other. It, it, it's this like art balanced science of totally crazy timing between conversations. And if you think about the context, like it's amazing to process all that information that quickly think about it and then regurgitate it and shout it out. But what happens is if you don't create that space, you are not going to listen. And people, when they know that they're not being listened to, it's a, it's a form of disrespect. And if you really want to connect with somebody, you let them talk. You ask them more questions. You say, tell me more about that. Oh my gosh, that sounds interesting. How did that make you feel? Now, this is coming from somebody who has three podcasts and I've got hundreds and hundreds of shows that I've done and I've been guests on hundreds of shows. So I've seen the dynamic from both sides as a host leading and as a guest wanting to sort of chirp in and jump and answer the questions. But the single biggest movement you can make when it comes to increasing your ability to actively listen is just learn to hold yourself back, pause and don't pounce. <laughs> and I think it's, you know, interesting going back to what we were talking about earlier. I think being able to physically see if possible someone makes a big difference. So we know, is that person done with what they're saying? Can we see some nonverbal cues? They're about to open their mouth again. So we're not kind of jumping in before they're even finished saying something. When you're on the phone, it's a little bit tough. Because um, you're not sure, but when you're able to actually see someone, whether it's virtually or in person, I think it adds a different dynamic. It makes it a little bit easier to be an active listener. Absolutely. And I think we have something like 4,000 micro movements on our face that we have the ability to use and we don't even realize what you're using. And seeing somebody's face when you're communicating is a very, it's a very powerful set of data. And if you are afraid to jump on the, the the video phone or put your face in front of the camera or make eye contact with the camera, you are depriving the person you're talking to of your full, your full everything. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's a matter of, it's a, let's look at it from a video conferencing standpoint is one thing, which you have a better excuse because you're like, this is what's happening. You don't have to be, you don't have to look perfect. Your background doesn't have to be perfect, right? Like you can actually just be where you are. Now, that is something that still people have a very hard time with. But but think about it. If you met that person in person, you're, you can't hide behind the camera. You, you're in person. Right. So it's like if you have somebody who's virtually like, who cares what you look like? Like it, it's the same way that you look if you were to meet that person in person. Right. This is true. <laughs> So it's like, I don't know what it is about the digital screen. It's it's maybe because they feel like it's documented or maybe maybe they feel nervous about that being recorded and shared elsewhere. But if you think about it, like there's recorded, there's there's security cameras everywhere. It's true. Or even craft out, create a space if you're working from home, that this is your, you know, Zoom space. So if yes. you're worried about the junk in the background, which is always how my house is, yep. <laughs> they create a super small closet or corner or something. Um, that will not have things in it. Absolutely. And lighting is key. Like if you want to feel good about the way that you look, think about just investing in a small little LED light. I have a little light that's right here that I can just click turn on and and it and it doesn't even lighting on my face. And I feel like it's it, it makes it more visually uh, 
the visual gives more of those facial features. It gives more of that insight. Like you've seen people when they're like, I had a podcast this morning that's a video podcast. And the guy was in this dark room and he, whenever he was far away, you couldn't even see him. And then he'd like scoot in close and then the, the contrast would adjust and he'd get all bright. And like that was a bit <laughs> distracting. So having well lit is important. Audio is so important as well. <laughs> if you can't hear what people are saying, how can you understand? So investing in a $30 microphone that is a USB plug-in uh, can make a huge difference. Using earbuds or, um, you know, just plugging in. Like, think about it. Like Again, think about this idea if you're in real life with someone versus in virtual life with someone. If you couldn't hear somebody or you're talking with the lights off, uh, or you had ear earplugs in, like those things would be so inherently like wrong. It, it would take away from the conversation. So, so think about the lens, just, tr just, just being a reflection of real life. And what about kind of number of people? I'm sure there's been kind of research done around it and you're going to have kind of large meetings. I host a lot of webinars, but if you're trying to engage really in conversation with a group of people and get information and have everyone, you know, say something or participate, is there too many people? Is there a number where you sort of have to cut it off to make sure everybody gets their opinion heard or is it just how you structure the conversation? So it's, it's it's not only how you structure, but it's also the technology. I mean, there are webinars with hundreds of people. And it's effective because there is structure. And there is, you know, visual cues. Uh, there, I'm, I'm giving a webinar for CASE, which is this huge advancement organization. There will be hundreds of people on this webinar. But it's structured in a way that we're able to have a visual presentation. We go through our talk. And then uh, there's a moderator who gathers the questions who then helps to moderate and picks and chooses. And then there's, there are ways with technology and structure to do that. Zoom and, you know, uh, Google Hangouts and all these other places, if you notice, they're voice activated for who basically takes the big screen. And that goes back to the pausing conversation, right? You have to be careful because if you pause too long, you're not going to get your word in. And so what I do when I'm on, uh, whether it's a webinar or something with three or four or more people, I will use the chat function. And if I have something that I'd like to say, I will literally chat and say, I've got a great follow-up point to this, or I've got a question to this. And people see it in the chat, and then they'll be like, all right, Ryan, you had a question. Yes, thank you. So you don't have to compete. You just have to know that you have an opportunity to, to sort of raise your hand. And think of it like that. Think of it as a virtual raising your hand. Using the chat feature when you're in a chat um, is a great way to communicate at the same time while things are happening. I like that a lot. And then having, and I obviously work with a team because it's very hard to be in charge and hosting a webinar or a meeting and looking at the comments and doing all those things. And a lot of the times I'll use kind of that at symbol to call someone out to see if they have a question or to you know reference someone. So just being aware of what technology you're using, the capabilities and how you're able to raise your hand or how you're able to actually reach out um, and get information from someone specifically to give them the floor, to give them the opportunity to speak. Yeah, and one trick that is, is really fun and easy is that if you are, say, the presenter and part of your fear or anxiety is that you, you have the floor, the same type of anxiety somebody would have if they were fearful of public speaking, invite a coworker or somebody to sit in front of you, your computer is up, and they are there, and you are literally talking to them. 
that is a great way of making it feel like a one-on-one -on -one conversation with actually having a physical person there that you can actually talk to. Um, there, there's a lot of these little tips and tricks. Another one that I think is, is underutilized is to actually have fun. You would be <laughs> amazed at how much a smile visually translates ac across the world. Like, like if you are, and this goes for any type of presentation, it kills me when the people are like, and this is something that I am very passionate about. <laughs> I have You're been like, spending years of research in it. Like, it's okay to laugh. It's okay to smile. It's okay to like have those moments and bring that human interaction into the video. I love that. I think it, it builds connection. And I really like what you were saying about just somebody being across from you. Because oftentimes, even when I tape a podcast, it seems like you're just speaking to yourself. So how you would kind of have your expressions and your voice, you're reflecting it to the person in front of you. So then the people on the other side can see that emotion and can see you know, how your personality comes out. I really like that suggestion. Yeah. The other thing which I feel is a fun exercise is something that I call 20 questions. 20 questions, uh, just sort of a throwback to the game about how you have 20 questions to guess something, but it's, it's instead 20 questions that somebody could potentially ask you. So think about this exercise for a second. If you were going to be interviewed, let's say, on a podcast, or let's say that you're talking with um, somebody about a project, right? Those are two totally separate things. If before the call, if you're nervous or you're not really sure, the goal is to write down a list of 20 questions that that person could possibly ask. And what's crazy is that once you get to about 10 questions, you start to think like, well, wait a minute, what else could they ask me? Like, it's very, very difficult to come up with 20 questions that somebody could potentially ask you. But the trick is once you come up with them, then you think through your answers. Maybe you write down your answers to sort of reinforce it. Maybe you practice with those answers. You find stories that relate to those answers. You get prepared for it. So literally you come in with confidence. You're like, there's pretty much nothing that I can think of that you could ask me that I'm not prepared for. Yeah. And you can repurpose those too. You can use them for an FAQ page. You can use them for survey questions or anything. If you're thinking about strategically what is related to this topic, I think you can definitely repurpose those. Absolutely. So a little lightning round. Here's some other ones. And these are all things that we talk about in Ditch the Act because it's one thing to, to understand how exposing yourself will help create connectivity. But the other side of the equation is that you have to create content that reinforces how you want to be seen. And creating video content is a huge part of people seeing you, right? And we talked last week about if they actually get to know you, then they can like you, then they can trust you. So I like to say, go for real, not perfect. Nice. And this, this takes the pressure off, right? You don't have to memorize things. You don't have to, you just basically, I say, don't memorize, prepare and improvise. That's a really good one. I think we're trying to, well, perfection, I don't believe exists. So I think we're trying to get to perfection, which is unattainable. Yeah. The other thing that will help you out is to simply slow down. When we get excited, when we get nervous, all of a sudden we start to talk. And you probably have seen that I start talking. Just slow down a little bit. Start to control the pace for something that gives you the time and the space to think in your answers. So you don't have to feel the pressure 
and talk faster and faster. Like if you're conscious about, if you think that you're speaking normal, you're probably speaking too fast. And so <laughs> to slow things down a little is a way of, of really helping to control that environment to lower the stress from you. Now, if you are stressed, here's a, here's a fun fact from my yoga instructor. Breathe through your nose. Breathe through your nose. It's simple and it's effective. It actually triggers a parasympathetic system, which is a relaxing and, and puts your body into like sort of this more um, the, the recovery state instead of the through the mouth. <laughs> this is going to trigger the opposite, which is like getting blood to the legs and the arms, getting ready to fight and things like that. So if you find yourself being nervous, if you breathe through the nose, it will your body will actually it's like a big lever, like somebody calls a captain captain. Uh, <laughs> You know, uh, you know, all back full, all back full. And it's like, ding, ding, captain's like, all right, all back full. <sighs> so we forget breathing is a huge part of this. That's so true. Thank you so much. You gave some just great advice and suggestions that I think we can all really maximize, whether we're hosting a webinar, a part of it, or just conversations with our colleagues. I think you gave us some great things to chew on. So I really appreciate you doing that. Well, you're very welcome. This is the kind of information that will hopefully inspire people to be a little bit more themselves, a little bit more often. And really, once you get comfortable ditching the act and you're not so caught up on what you look like or what you're exactly saying, your anxiety and stress levels will drop as well as your connection and the tribe that you want to build, it will increase. So it's a, it's, it's amazing how so many people look for hacks, so many people look for tricks, so many people look for tips. But I'll leave you with this. Successful people are not doing things that everybody else cannot do. Successful people are doing what everyone can do, but not everyone does. And that's in the simple habits. It's getting up an hour earlier. It's getting onto that phone call. It's it's turning on the camera. It's it's eating correctly, it's drinking water, it's working out, it's all these things that everyone has access to do, but so many people are looking for the hacks and the cheat codes that they invest their time in looking for shortcuts instead of just putting in the habits that will that will create the success that you're after. That's so true. That's really incredible. And can you remind our listeners of how to reach out to you? Sure. So you can find me at ryanfolan.com. You can email me, ryan at ryanfolan.com. You can follow our book at Ditch the Act, and you can find more information and grab your pre-order copy. Uh, it also comes out in October, depending on when you're listening to this, and that's at ditchtheact.com. And if you if you actually want to, you know, tweet at me, I tweet back. If you want to send me a direct message, I actually read them. So, uh, <laughs> I am attainable and, and I love connecting with people. So if you've got a question or a follow-up or, you know, need a little bit more ginger advice, I, I'm here for you. No, that's awesome. And I can attest to that. I feel like Twitter <laughs> is my favorite platform by far. Um, so if anybody has any questions about this episode or any upcoming episodes or questions about Humanize Your Workplace, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter at notokaythatsokay. And until next time. Thanks again for listening. But did you know that you can leave me a voice message to answer any questions on an upcoming episode? Just go into the show notes and the link will be there at the bottom for you to send me that message. Have a great day.